Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Wayne bringing you another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode brought to us by CoinCierge Club, mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution. Makes purchasing easy, safe, and their overall process more efficient while costing less. Helping to make cryptocurrency mainstream. All right, let's jump in real quick with a quick market update. Absolutely nothing has happened if you're just looking at the price right now. Uh, total global market cap for all cryptocurrencies is sitting at $203 billion, exactly where we were when I recorded the last podcast. And Bitcoin dominance is at 53.91%. Slipped just a little bit, right? It was right above 54% last time we recorded. But not a whole lot happened. Now, we did see a, a dip today with uh, Bitcoin and many other cryptos. We saw a drop in price, and then we also saw a quick recovery, uh, which is, is a good sign for, for the stability. Uh, looks like there was a rally trying to push the price down, and Bitcoin was resilient, bounced right back, and many other cryptocurrencies held as well. Now, over the last 24-hour period, a lot of them are sitting with slight gains, a little bit less than 1%, all the way up to 1% gains right now. So. Let's jump into the next part of this podcast. Normally, I'll do a market update after I'll do the market update. I'll do crypto news. But today, I want to cover just Bitcoin's 10-year history. Uh, you know, just, you know, Halloween just passed. Halloween is the 10-year anniversary. It was the 10-year anniversary of the release of Bitcoin's white paper by Satoshi Nakamoto. And so today, I want to dig a little bit deeper into the history of Bitcoin, some of the key things that have happened just to really show you, because we really have to understand where we've been so we can understand where we're going with cryptocurrency. And also you can learn a lot from the history of Bitcoin as far as things to make sure we're doing in the future. Um, and let's see. So let's jump right in at to Bitcoin history. So August 18th, 2008, Bitcoin org domain registered by anonymous entity uh, who calls himself Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, you know, which is the precursor of him listing the Bitcoin protocol. So then October 31st, 2008, 10 years ago, on uh, you know, like I said, Bitcoin just experienced its 10 year anniversary from the white paper being published. All right. So anyway, it was titled a peer to peer electronic cash system. It was a nine page document distributed on Cypherpunk mailing list, November 2008. So January 3rd, 2009, Nakamoto created the Genesis block, the founding block of Bitcoin. The Genesis block was hard-coded into the Bitcoin software and 50 BTC, which were created, cannot be spent due to the way the code was written. The exact reason for this aren't known, just another mystery to add to Satoshi's story, if you think about it. So then the first Bitcoin transaction took place on January 12th, 2009, between Nakamoto and the late Hal Finney. Uh, he was an early contributor to the project. Nakamoto sent Finney 10 Bitcoin as a test while the computer scientist began mining blocks himself. So then after that, October 5th, 2009, the New Liberty Standard set the first ever Bitcoin exchange rate against the dollar. At the time, $1 equaled 2,300.03 Bitcoin. So the first ever transaction of Bitcoin, not too long after that, May 22nd, 2010, uh, it's the infamous Bitcoin pizza. So two pizzas were bought for 10,000 Bitcoin by Lazio Hynex. So the program had offered users on a BitcoinTalk.org forum the BTC in exchange for two pizzas. A teenager named Jeremy Sturdivant, nicknamed Jerkos, accepted the Bitcoin and sent Hynex two pizzas from Papa John's. 
10,000 Bitcoin for two pizzas. So just think about that. That's sitting right around, uh, right around 65 million right now in value. If you had those 10,000 Bitcoin, but Bitcoin on February 9th, 2011, Bitcoin finally reached parity with the U S dollar at a one-to-one -one ratio. And that marked the start of a tumultuous period for Bitcoin. Cause in just four months after that, Bitcoin skyrocketed from a dollar to $31 and 91 cents. Four days later, after hitting that $31.91, June 12th, 2011, Bitcoin plummeted in value to $10.25 in the first major correction experienced by the Bitcoin community. And, you know, just want to stop right there just to say, so you can think about that, right? So for the price to hit $31.91, that means somebody paid for it, right? So somebody paid $31.91 for Bitcoin, and then it plummeted to $10.25, $10.25. Think about where we are today. Now, how many people do you think did what the masses would do? And when, when those people that bought at the peak, at the $30 mark, right? And they saw they lose, you know, over, you know, 65% of the value. And, you know, that's typically when your average person will sell and get out and just never come back to that investment again. Say they got burned, they lost all their money. But no, there were people that were buying it at 30 and also buying it at 10. Those are the smart people averaging their cost in buying more and think about those people that walked away when their Bitcoin, they bought at 30 bucks, hit $10 and they said, Oh, this is not going to work. I lost a lot of money. I'm just going to walk away from this thing. How do you think those people are feeling right now? Like, how do you think they were feeling when it hit a thousand? Right? So think about that. So, and that's what's happening. Every time you have one of these big plummets, big drops, like we've experienced this year, is there's people sitting in right now that may have bought above 15,000, above 16, all the way up to 19,000, may have bought Bitcoin or bought some of the other cryptocurrencies at their all-time high. And now they're sitting completely underwater, uh, lost lose a lot of money if they would sell right now. And, you know, so they got two, actually three options, right? You can either sell and walk away, which I think some people have done, and they're going to regret it again, just like the people that sold Bitcoin at $10 after it dropped from 30. Uh, the second option is to hold it, just hold it, you know, ride it out. It's going to recover. And that's not a bad option. The third option is your best one is whenever you experience downturns in the market like this is to continue to buy, continue to buy it lowers your dollar cost average, right? So let's say where we're at right now, Bitcoin sitting at 6,500. Say maybe you bought at 15,000, you know, you should have bought as a drop buy at 10,000. Or just think about if you buy now, if you start buying some more at, at the current rate, it's going to take a lot less upswing to, to be positive on your investment when Bitcoin starts the next run up. So, and that's within, I mean, I say Bitcoin, but it really pertains to any cryptocurrency right now. Bitcoin is just, I call it the grandfather of cryptocurrencies. It's the one that really started it all. We wouldn't be where we are with all the other cryptocurrencies if Bitcoin would have not been the pioneer. All right, so moving along. So security breach of Mt. Gox, first one happened on June 19th, 2011. Uh, that, that, that was kind of around the same time of that drop from $31 to $10. Uh, now, Mt. Gox is, was a crypto exchange that is infamous now for the hacks. It was hacked the second time. It was found to be completely insolvent and has been going through bankruptcy hearings since. Uh, and we've seen some of, you know, some of the Bitcoin that was still held, in, held by Mt. Gox being sold off, which caused some of the market swings early in the year as, as they're going through bankruptcy hearing and paying back all the uh, creditors that Mt. Gox owes. So November 28, 2012, moving along, the first halving, halving of Bitcoin rewards occurred when the block reward was reduced from 50 to 25 BTC 
after the 210,000 block was mined. So what does that mean? So now each block, the reward was halved. Now, Satoshi did this for a couple of reasons. It's, it's to slowly create scarcity, but also as computing power increases, uh, it, it allows you to, uh, you know, just really slow down the flow of Bitcoin. That way, uh, all the Bitcoin can't just be mined at one time as computer power increases. Um, also around that same time, dark website Silk Road was shut down. Over 26,000 Bitcoin were seized. The price of Bitcoin dropped from $139 to $109 in a few short hours. Uh, you know, after that, after Silk Road was shut down, now, Silk Road is very well known. It was, it was a dark website that was run that was used to sell drugs and other illegal items. And it, a lot of Bitcoin was used on the Silk Road. You know, the founder of, of that, of the Silk Road is currently in jail right now, serving a life sentence. And many people are lobbying for his release, clemency, reduction of sentence, anything like that. Whether that's not going to happen, uh, well, you know, it's still yet to be seen. So moving along, February 2014, rumors began circulating. Mt. Gox had been hacked again in exchange formally suspended trading that month after a series of thefts. By the end of February, Mt. Gox CEO Mark Carpellis had resigned from his position on the board of the Bitcoin Foundation, a big controversy at the exchange. So in March that year, the company filed for bankruptcy protection with debts over $60 million declared by its legal team. At the time, around 850,000 Bitcoin had been lost, with Carpellis blaming technical issues with the Bitcoin protocol. So December 11, 2014, another big milestone. Microsoft started accepting Bitcoin payments, uh, you know, which... You know, six years after Satoshi released the Bitcoin white paper, cryptocurrency appeared on the front page of The Economist on October 31st, 2015, uh, July 9th, 2016. So moving on about, say, what is that, eight months later, the second halving of Bitcoin mining rewards took place with the BTC reward dropping to 12.5 for every block mine. So 12.5 Bitcoin for every block mine. So then... 2017 marked the start of what would be the biggest bull run in Bitcoin history and also the biggest year for cryptocurrency in general and moved it to mainstream. We heard it on talk shows. We heard it on TV sitcoms. We heard it on a lot of different things. So it, it breached a thousand mark three years prior to that, but then it hit it again right at the beginning of 2017. So uh, that, that happened and that was going to lead to a huge run later in the year. Also, you saw the Winklevoss twins uh, who, you know, are infamous for suing Mark Zuckerberg for stealing intellectual property led to the creation of Facebook. In March, March 10th, 2017, they filed an application to launch Bitcoin ETF. It was turned down by the U.S. SEC. The price of Bitcoin has surged past its previous all-time high in the week leading up to the decision. Uh, the value of cryptocurrency dipped for a couple of months before a slow and steady rally began. So this is kind of where we started to see May was kind of that time where Bitcoin really started to go up again, all the way from the 1,000 all the way up to the 3,000 mark. June 11th of last year, Bitcoin crossed the $3,000 mark. First time ever, amount of debate around the possible measures to address scaling issues affecting Bitcoin. A small part of the Bitcoin community couldn't agree with proposed changes to the protocol, including Roger Ver advocated for an increase in block size, which ended in a hard fork from the original Bitcoin blockchain, giving birth to Bitcoin Cash. So that's where Bitcoin Cash came from. Uh, basically, anybody that was holding, holding any Bitcoin was rewarded Bitcoin Cash, was given Bitcoin Cash as well in the fork. Uh, so a few weeks later, August 23rd, 2017, the SegWit fork activated. 
uh, which led to the Bitcoin Cash hard fork, but also decision which was made to support Segway. So after that, Bitcoin continued to surge in value, surpassed the 5,000 mark. Now, in that $3,000 range, we did see a dip below 3,000 shortly. There was an article about China banning uh, cryptocurrency, and it dipped, I mean, not even for long, and then it, it surged back up 5,000 mark. So on September 2nd, uh, so a uh, couple other factors. So around that time was when CEO uh, JP Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon started calling Bitcoin a fraud. Uh, like I said, China was banning ICOs, banning cryptocurrency exchanges from operating the country. Um, and then it set off a crazy bull run from October upwards. That bull run lasted about 35 days. And it was just massive. Bitcoin surpassed 10,000 on November 29th and then 11,000 a few hours later. Uh, and it continued to gain value as investors scrambled to join in. So uh, driving factor was a perception the launch of Bitcoin futures in December would cause an influx of institutional money, further stimulating the price of cryptocurrency. So it finally breached the 20,000 mark, marking a historic high for cryptocurrency. And then the price slumped back down to the $13,000 mark by December 31st, 2017. That's how we ended 2017. Crazy run up. This is where I was talking about again. So you've got people, you may be one of them. It's listen, you bought above that, that price where it ended December, above 13,000, you know, and granted we're well below, we're about half of that right now, but you bought that. And, and, and where you sitting right now, if you're obviously listening to this, you're still trying to find out what's going on. My advice to you right now is for now, you want to be buying more, right? You, you saw what happened today with the price drop and immediately spike back up. I think the bottom's in and we're starting to see that slow tier, that ladder back up, that purgatory period I mentioned a couple of episodes ago where it's mostly sideways movement, but it's just gearing up for the next bull run. That's now that's my personal opinion. But anytime, you know, you see this as a long-term play when the price drops, that's your opportunity to lower your cost basis, buy more, and then your average cost of what you've invested in drops as well. So after the highs of 2017, it was a tough start, and we saw the price drop as low as 10000 uh, as a wave of FUD took over the markets. Now, FUD is something I talk about all the time. It's fear, uncertainty, and doubt. You see these news articles talking about Bitcoin is dead, Bitcoin is dying, all these different things that really just, you know, it, it's not going anywhere. When you understand how blockchain technology works and how cryptocurrency plays a part in that and what cryptocurrency can be used for and what problems that itself can solve, you realize that this is a long-term play. So then they started to talk about a ban in South Korea, uh, China ramping up cryptocurrency sanctions, Facebook's ban cryptocurrency and ICO advertisements. And then not too long after that, Google announced it as well. We saw a slump down to the 7,000 mark in February. Uh, and then uh, we saw a slow slide uh, hit the first bottom June 24th, 2008 at 5,868. Now we've touched right below that twice. Which, if you look at it on a, on a chart, if you look at that, the time frame where we've hit it over a few times, uh, it seems that we have already hit the bottom, hit that triple bottom, and now we could be in the next move up, but it won't be confirmed until we break through some key barriers. October 17th, which was less than a month ago, Bitcoin mar mar market volatility hit a 17-month low with its highest level of stability in over 12 months. So that's, this, this put a lot of industry experts to put optimistic forecasts for the cryptocurrency. You know, just in the news today. So I didn't really cover many of the news headlines today. But just to give you a couple of the headlines that were in the news today. So Bitcoin bull, Tom Lee. Now, Tom Lee is the founder of Fundstrat. Uh, 
very well known for studying markets and Bitcoin bull. He's been says he's pleasantly surprised by the drop in crypto volatility. And also in the headlines today, here's another headline for you. Ex Bitcoin skeptic Ron Paul says crypto could prevent recession. Now this is right after he's coming out with a statement saying that cryptocurrency and precious metal should not have capital gains taxes. Uh, so there's a lot going on, but you got to really understand where we are, where we've been, you know, even just looking at the Mt. Gox hack. So what does the Mt. Gox hack teach you? As big as Coinbase is, as many people you talk to that maybe they just got into cryptocurrency. The only thing they really know most of the time is Coinbase. I got Coinbase, got Coinbase, right? Mt. Gox at one point was viewed as too big to fail, right? So what do you think Coinbase is, right? So, but Coinbase holds all of your, you know, all your keys on a server, right? You don't hold your private keys to your Bitcoin wallet or crypto wallet. So no matter what you're holding on Coinbase, if you're playing around with a few dollars in there, not a lot to you lose, that's fine. But once you start to accumulate a substantial amount, you want to really start looking at wallets where you can, you can store your private keys or even a hardware wallet, cold storage, where you can take, you know, store it offline but you have access to your keys so that there's many different options for that. I've talked about them in past episodes. Uh, you know, hardware wallets could be your nano ledger, could be your treasure computer downloadable wallets that are very good, which would be Exodus. It's a, it's a platform that you download onto your computer, but you also hold your private keys. So that computer gets completely demolished and you have those private keys written down somewhere safe. You can download it onto another computer and restore uh, your account back on there. Uh, you know, so just really you want to look at those types of options. A great uh, mobile wallet is called the Edge Wallet, E-D-G-E, -E, Edge. You can download Edge as well. So, but all these things you see it happens, you want to make sure you understand that, right? Don't go and joke about how many times the news has reported that Bitcoin is dead. So if you've been in the space not too long and you hear that from the mainstream media, you've got to take it with a grain of salt because you got to understand where it's coming from. Look at the history. How many times has Bitcoin been declared dead? Right. I don't think we're dead. I think a lot of infrastructure has been put in over this bear market over this last year. And and I saw that at Crypto Invest Summit in Los Angeles last week where there's a lot of working products out there. There's a lot of things that are taking cryptocurrency mainstream. Right. Cryptocurrency was on Shark Tank last week uh, with a mobile app called Bundle, B-U-N-D-I-L, which, you know, Kevin O'Leary, who's known as Mr. Wonderful, bought, you know, bought a 50 percent share in the company. Right. And, and I actually started using that as well as soon as I saw it on Shark Tank. And, the, and if you look into what it is, it's going to help to make crypto mainstream. Right. There's some cutting edge Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency ATMs that are coming out that are going to be different than anything you've ever seen before as well. It's going to make it easier to buy and sell crypto, almost like withdrawing money from an ATM. But you can also convert crypto to pay bills, right, to buy gift cards, to buy prepaid calling cards. So all of those things are going to be available. Uh, in, in the near future as crypto continues to go mainstream. So that is it for our episode today. Really just wanted to cover a lot about Bitcoin and history. Uh, no matter what cryptocurrency you're bullish on, it all started with Bitcoin, right? So you want to learn a bit, the history of Bitcoin because you're going to see markets are cyclical. You're going to see cycles where this the same thing is going to happen. And right now, a lot of cryptocurrencies are pegged to the Bitcoin price. So understanding where Bitcoin is going is very important to understand where others are going as well, because I think you won't see those altcoins take off until Bitcoin does as well. So that's it for our episode today. I want to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.